Welcome to The Breakfast Show. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88 on the Faith FM network. And you are joined by Danuta and my super great co-host, Lawson. Lawson, how are you doing? Oh, yeah, I am fantastic <laughs> this morning. The- I'm, I'm just so great. I'm so awake. Oh, and and alive, or at least I'm trying to be. You're trying to be because you yeah. were just saying you did some sport last oh, night, hey? was, and was, you're feeling it, it this was, morning. <laughs> it was epic. It was like we. It was actually went for ages too. We started at seven and finished at about ten, and it was a, a uni sports night. And you kind of play a game. You play two games at a particular sport, and then move to the next sport. So it was like basketball, volleyball, oh, netball, and great. dodgeball. Oh, and great I, games. the first, well, dodgeball. We started with dodgeball. I'm I'm all right at dodgeball. I can play dodgeball decently. Then we did volleyball. Volleyball is my favorite sport. Oh, I love volleyball. My favorite hey. sport with a ball. Yes. Um, and I love you know just running around. And setting it, and you know, getting getting you know all over the place, and and spiking it over. Did you stuff get like in that. enough times? Oh man, I, uh, <laughs> you I was, smashed it. I was MVP <laughs> out there, dude. I was getting it done. No, it was really really fun. And then what followed that was basketball and netball, and particularly with basketball. So I. I'm short and I've always been short. And so I'm just terrible, but I was putting my body on the line out there. I was trying to win it for my team, but, uh, yeah, I ended up like rolling my ankle and like, you know, kind of, kind of, Failing up and falling over a couple of times. So that's fine. That's so, but fine. But either way, I guess that you're probably pretty grateful, though, that there's sport there at the uni. So you can take you away from your studies. Eh? Oh, no, it's amazing. <laughs> it's just now I'm like limping. It's, and, and that's a small price to pay for, you know, fun with friends. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really, living my, really living my best life. How about you, Janita? Yeah, doing really well this morning, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, excited to be here and to see what uh, what God's going to bring through, through us and with us and with our listeners this week. So. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, tell us how you guys are going as well. And coming up on today's show, we have our interview later on with Chris Waghorn, who's from Bible League Australia, New Zealand. In our new segment, we're looking at how puzzle from Iron Age is being solved and also about AI advice. And our Bible study time that comes after 8 o'clock after the news, we're, co- we're continuing our studies on Ephesians with gifts of the exalted Christ. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And of course, we're coming towards the end of our week of quiz time tomorrow is the day that we go in, everyone goes in for the draw we pick out three people this time for three books the same book preaching from the grave a story of faith from Rwanda genocide um, but take it away Lawson with our first quiz question for today yes our first quiz for today what son of David cut his hair his his long hair whenever it became too heavy for him Mm. So, which son of David had a big, heavy head of hair? Man, that's a lot. Like, I've cut my hair, <laughs> and you feel lighter when you cut your hair, but you don't... I've never had the situation in which I've needed to cut my hair because I'm like, oh, man, this is just this weighing my head yeah, down. So, this right. person must have had some serious hair. Absolutely. Have you ever cut your own hair? I've never cut my own no. hair. No way. I did when I was, like, around four years old. Mm-hmm. My uncle from Poland came over, mm-hmm. and my mum told me later when I was old, I don't remember do, quite doing this, but I had really long hair, mm-hmm. and I grabbed the scissors, and I just cut it all over just the hacked place. it off. <laughs> like, literally all over the place. So even though he wasn't a hairdresser, right, he then 
cut it, but I, it was just like, you know, almost like one of those bowl effects, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so that that was my story, and I don't think I ever cut it again. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so yeah. interesting thing here in the Bible, though, I, hey? I oh. don't trust myself no. <laughs> to, to make myself look good. I, I, am, I leave it to the professionals on that one. Good idea. But the professionals, and i got some friends as well, just some of my friends who have taught themselves you know, hairdressing and whatnot. It's it's awesome. Hey, we got that question one more time. What son of David cut his long hair whenever it became too heavy for him? Zero four nine one zero six four six nine. Of course, the prize for this week: preaching from the grave, a story of faith from the Rwandan genocide by Fidaitis Ndayi Mgabe. This is a fantastic book. We are wanting to give to you for free. We have three of them, yeah. which we are going to draw on the breakfast show. Tomorrow. So guys, this is your penultimate day, but your final opportunities to get in for the quiz. So you, you like that word penultimate. I love it. You I use it like it. all the time. I, I love it. You know why? You know why? why? I, I've got why. an affinity for this word because one of the first times I was ever on TV. On TV? Yeah. One of the so first you're not times. Just a radio so yeah, star. well, this is back. I was uh I was 12 years old Mm. and there was a a motorbike race an australian championship motorbike race that aired on fox sports and i and i won and and we recorded it and we had it on our like foxtel box for like years and it was you know (laughs) like when my parents would you know have people over and whatever they'd be like hey watch my son race motorbikes and that showed in this video. And, uh, and I remember it was the final race. It was a 10 lap race. And the guy, he says, now coming on to the penultimate lap. And I didn't know what that oh, word meant. And I'd watched so- this, I'd watched this video over and over and over again, but I had no idea what penultimate was. And so I remember looking it up when I was like 12, but Hey, so that's now remain. Cause you're saying you watched it over and over and that word stayed yeah, over and over. Now it, you use it over and brain. over. It was like this interesting, interesting situation. So, yeah, hey, yeah, awesome hey. stuff. The word penultimate is one of my favorites. Absolutely. Hey, 0491-064669. We've already got a ton of correct Absolutely. answers coming through. So we, we fantastic have. work, guys. Hey, we've even got a text here from Brayden. Brayden. Says, <laughs> I, I cut my hair all the time. That's because I shave it completely half <laughs> I have shaved my head a number oh, of times, you? but... No, I haven't even done it. I've right. let someone else do it for yeah, me. Yeah, no, I'm, good idea. I'm just, I'm just you're, you're don't trust it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> not a good idea. Not a good Amazing. idea. I shaved my facial hair last night. That's something, right? right, right. But I okay. think that's just yeah, a... Yeah, no, no, we're talking about the other... Yeah, the I, other I, I think... On uh, the head. Absolutely. <laughs> on the head. Hey, on that's the head, right. Lawson. So te- keep texting in your answers, 0491 And hey, Lawson, in our good news segment... Really interesting finding in Britain. I mean, there's so many things that come out of Britain, don't there? But archaeologists have um, solved a bit of the puzzle from the Iron Age. Uh, basically, they had some findings in 1999 from one of Britain Isle, Britain's Isles is, mm. uh, called Skilly. Do you know mm. where Skilly is? I know. Yeah, no. no. Uh-uh. Uh, I know the area near it, but I didn't know uh-huh. the Skilly. I had to actually look that one up. But it's off the southwest coast of the UK, so just off from Cornwall, mm. the very base. I lived in Cornwall for two months when I lived in the UK. It was the first place I lived in. It's beautiful, beautiful area. Anyone mm. that watches the AB series of Doc Martin series, it's around those sort of areas that, mm. that it's actually filmed. Uh, but you know, they found bones in the grave that were nearly deteriorated, and they couldn't actually determine the sex of the buried person. But next to the body, they found um, four interesting items, uh-huh. okay. right? So when you think of the Iron Age, mm-hmm. some of those things would probably jump out at you. So one of them is a sword, okay, right? Yep. 
Mm-hmm. They also found a shield. Uh-huh. So those two things alone suggested it was possibly a male, right? So Iron Age era was the Roman Empire it was, was during functioning the Roman in this era. That's okay. right. Yeah, yeah. absolutely awesome. spot on. And so it's and that's linking in with our story of what what the findings have found, which is mm. really interesting. But here's the second thing: they didn't just find a sword and shield. They also found, catch this, a bronze mirror. And a, a brooch decorated with a sun motif on it. Okay. Okay. So do you think that would go to a male? Probably not, right? Mm. Okay. So they were thinking, well, it was suggesting a male, but uh, sorry, a female, mm. but they didn't really know. Now, the interesting thing is back then mirrors were used for communication with the spiritual world as well, like, mm. you know, during the warfare time. But here's the interesting thing is they've actually now got new techniques. So here we are, what is a um, 24 years later, mm-hmm since the discovery, that they've actually got new, uh, new, techniques, new techniques that have actually now identified, identified it that it's actually a female um, that, that this warrior was mm. and from the Iron Age and likely a raider, so specialised in surprise attacks to get settlements on islands during the Roman, Roman Empire and Roman Republic. And so now they've found basically these findings have been through bits of teeth that they've found. Mm-hmm. So in the enamel of teeth, so we know that teeth are the longest lasting remains of a person, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, when they die. And so they could actually detect that it's actually an XX chromosome. So we know mm-hmm. XY is is male, XX mm-hmm. is female chromosome. And so from bits of protein in the tooth enamel, they could actually detect that it's a female, which is mm-hmm. really fascinating. Now, what Dr. Sarah Stark Hume, the skeletal biologist at the histor- in, at Historic England, has, has uh, un- you know, with her team uncovered this sort of thing, but they're basically saying that the mirror and the sword suggest that it's also a female of high status. So not just mm. any female warrior, but it's a female of high status and probably from a commanding role mm. in the local wars. And so the grave itself dated back to about 100 to 50 BC, which is fascinating. Wow. I think really, really interesting. And and this grave, so, so this particular person, this female of high status, could, their thinking could have laid the foundations for leaders like Bo, Bo Ducker. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of Bo Ducker before, but it's believed that she was the queen of the Inky tribe of the Britons. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she came possibly about, you know, 90, 100 or 90 years later after that. And she led the Inkeni people to revolt against the Roman Empire, mm-hmm. largely because, you know, the Roman Empire was, you know, took over the kingdom of, of, of Britain at that time. And, um, and so she, she led this tribe of people and they killed around 50,000 Romans. Wow. Isn't that huge? That's intense. Like, yeah. I just think though, it's just fascinating with all these findings that, and that even 24 years later, mm. they're actually working it out that it's a female. Hey, mm. I mean, did you ever study the Britain, Brit, British history and I mean, Iron, Iron Age in, in any sort of way in not, school? Not Iron Age, but like we looked at like 1066 and whatnot. Right. But it, I was actually, it's really sad that a lot of the history classes I did in school were focused on modern history, which is like yes. kind of post 
post 19th yeah. century. When did Captain things. Cook come here? That, that's right. That sort of uh, absolutely. Yeah. And so we didn't really get to t- touch on this. Now, in my studies at university, yeah. like we're, we're very much square in the Iron Age, in the Bronze Age, and looking at these kinds of things. And it's amazing to see. Oh. Well, th- this discovery in particular that they've found, you know, a, a woman of status. A soldier, yes. someone who has enabled great conflict. But I, my biggest question coming from this is: you said that she's on this island, right? Mm. What, what was the is, is well, the people living on this isle today? Like, yeah, is, it, is yeah. it like a big city? Well, or? It, it's 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 several little islands put placed together. That's why it's mm-hmm. called the Isle of of, Skil- of Skilly. So it's mm. one of the Isles of Skilly. There's little mm. islands, um, and it's actually opened up. I, I read that they basically have about fifty different um, boats going between April. Oh, and Wow. October now visiting the space, but here's the interesting one to tie this in with as well. Um, sorry, yeah, so they do, they do have people going out there now. It's quite popular, um, sandy, beautiful beaches, just really beautiful spaces. But here's the interesting thing. I think you know when archaeologists uncover this sort of thing, they don't know who it is. They also it's taken them 24 years to kind of pin it down to a female. But I think think here's the beautiful thing: when we pass away. And we go to the grave, and of course, the Bible we spoke yesterday is about sleeping in the grave, right? Mm. That Jesus knows us mm. intimately, mm-hmm. and that when Jesus comes, of course, every part is restored. He's not going to go, now, wait a sec, I've got to find out, you know, from the teeth or from this part who this mm. person is. He knows us intimately, and Jesus oh, is coming soon, and that day will be when those who believe in Christ will actually be raised from the dead, well, you know, the dead in Christ will rise and be taken to heaven with those who are alive. And that's the beautiful thing. That day is coming real soon, which is exciting. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Hey, Lawson, we've actually had somebody that requested the first question again. So as we go into the quiz, do you mind giving the first question again? Sure. I'll give you guys both real quick right now. Well, the first (laughs) one was, again, what son of David cut his long hair whenever it became too heavy for him? But our question now is, what three body parts does Jesus say, as recorded in Mark 9, is better to cut off and out than continue to sin throughout Life. Ah. Okay, so if you know what those three body parts are, 0491-064-669, you know, he would usually say better to enter the kingdom of heaven, you know, without these things than, you know, go into destruction with them. If you know what these body parts are, again, 0491-064-669, and your correct answers will put you into the draw to win Preaching from the Grave, a story of Faith from the Rwandan genocide by Fiditis Nadayam Gabe. Again, that question one more time. What three body parts does Jesus say, as recorded in Mark 9, is better to cut off and out than continue to sin throughout life? With zero four nine one zero six four six six nine, you guys have been really on the ball this morning. Absolutely, all kinds of correct answers have been coming through. So good on you guys. And uh, we're going to get into some interesting news now. Take this it is away. actually a story that producer Shell sent me yesterday, and I got to read, and I thought it was hilarious. And I thought we could talk about it this morning mm. because, okay, so say you know, maybe uh, Danuta, you are. Uh, 
home one day and you start to feel maybe a strange pain in a part of the body or a, or a fever coming on or maybe mm-hmm. a, a weird headache or what what would you do i know that my first move mm-hmm. in those kinds of situations is i always open up my computer what? and start to search my symptoms yeah absolutely no. what what do you do <laughs> What do I do? Well, if I feel a headache coming on, firstly, I go and I, I just drink lots of water because I sure. know I'm one of these that, you know, if I'm dehydrated, I, yeah, I do get headaches, but I go and rest. I don't yeah. go looking for symptoms in a big way. But what if it's like really you know strange Sometimes, symptoms? Well, I know. Well, I would go to a doctor or phone up my uncle who's a GP. Okay. 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 <laughs> but to open up, I know like some people don't like to open up their computers because you read the wrong thing. And then it makes you even could make your pain or headache, especially a lot worse, because then you're starting to panic about what you yeah, might sure. have. But in your case, obviously not. Yeah, you know, what I do think you do? It, it depends. If, like it, again, if you have like a very unique set of symptoms, mm. I remember particularly, for example, when COVID nineteen was oh, a big thing, yeah. and it's like you know, you would start to feel some symptoms and it would be like, okay, well, what are the symptoms? And then you'd go and you'd look it up and you'd read an article. And about, the hard thing was a lot of the symptoms were similar to a flu. That, that's right. <laughs> so then you would read a thing and it's like, okay, I've got a headache, but I don't have a runny nose, but I can't really <laughs> taste anything. And it's like, okay, is that COVID? And it's like, okay, that seems to be COVID. But then it'd be like, oh, well, I've only got a runny nose and I don't have a headache. And, yeah, and, and some had got no sleep. symptoms and then it's at like, all. Oh, and then no symptoms. So it, there just is a huge space online for, mm. you know, different blogs and articles and whatnot, no, that's true. detailing and outlining certain medical conditions because, you know, you're in that position of, oh, I think I might have something, you'll look it up. And then as well, you you might be pointed in the direction of going to a particular healthcare facility because there's like lots of healthcare facility ads for your local area or absolutely. whatever it may be so that you, then and you can go and to talk to your GP. And I'm not saying I, I don't, I mean, I've had times where I have looked something up yeah, online, sure. but I think nowhere near to the degree that you do, oh, obviously. I, I, don't, I don't, well, because I, my, my game is I just avoid the doctors at all costs. And that's not because I'm like anti-doctor or anything. I'm just like, oh, if I could, if I don't need to spend the money, and I can just drink water and rest. And that's well, that, and that I work like, too. you know, my mum brought me up going as much the natural way as possible. Yeah. So I like the natural way. I don't want to have medication just pumped into me where, you know, if I can do it naturally. So, yeah, but anyway, absolutely. Where are you going with so, this? This so, is really interesting. So this is the thing <laughs> that medical practitioners and yeah. particularly, you know, different healthcare facilities, they've realized that there's a market for this. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if they then become the people who are, instead of WebMD, if they become the people who are pumping out these articles, mm-hmm. then they get the attention of their local customer base who are looking up their certain symptoms. Mm. And then it might lead to that pe- those people looking up their symptoms going, oh, well, this information is being provided by my local health practitioner. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I should go and see them mm-hmm. because they've got the information about this. Mm-hmm. So in particular, this has been done by a clinic that's New York based in, in, in America. It's called, uh, it's NAO Medical. So I'm going to pronounce that as now. It's now medical. And people, you know, they've been putting out blog after blog after blog on different health symptoms and whatnot. But the frequency in which they were pumping out these blogs started to become very high, which is like, oh man, okay, they really, they really have a, a, a very, con- you know, focus on getting this done and getting all these articles out there to point people in the direction of their medical practice. Yeah, right. But then some of the articles. So that, it's really a marketing thing. In many it, ways. It's a huge marketing thing. Yeah. But some of the articles started to come out 
and uh, and and share some interesting interesting points mm. uh, that started to become almost nonsensical. Uh, one of the, one of the the kind of headlining ones, and the one that started a bit of an investigation into Now Medical was a was an article that was released by them called uh, about what happens when unicorns consume the drug ketamine. What? And, and it was like, wait, huh? <laughs> and so people started to do a bit of an investigation because there's all of a sudden there's hundreds and hundreds of these articles. Okay. Uh, and then there were the next. Attracted their attention very quickly. And some of the articles <laughs> that they found was, uh, for example, <laughs> this one is so funny and I'm going to need to explain. So before I read this, so there's a guy, his name's Derek Jeter. He's a very famous baseball player. Um, and there was an article that came out by Now Medical called Derek Jeter Herpes Tree. And it was about how trees are getting herpes from Derek Jeter, trees the are. baseball player. Trees are. Trees, like trees. Um, it's, <laughs> there was an article that came out. It was called Cloud 5 Zinc Shell. And it was about this shell that, you know, enables, enables you know, good uh, high levels of zinc. But th- this doesn't exist. Now, hold, um, hold on here. I'm even looking at producer show and we're just like frowning. We're yeah. looking very confused here at the um, the, the, <laughs> the surprising health benefits of gingerbread Shrek, uh, why unicorns are more he- like are healthier than dragons, all of these absolutely wild articles. Right. And so then speculation begun. It's like, why is an actual, because people started to think, is this like a satire thing? Mm. Why is an actual medical practitioner posting all these random articles right. and the speculation has been and what the conclusion that people have come to and now this has been posted in time magazine and a number of other oh. really big headlining uh <laughs> um you know news sources yeah yeah they're like oh what's going on is so that now medical can get to the top of the google search page and so that they can oh, have a true. control over over the marketing space of their local practitioners they've resorted to using ai to generate health articles wow so that you know on various topics so that you know they'll be able to be at the front of this race, and obviously they've just let this AI writing tool, whether it's ChatGPT or whatever it yeah. is, just go on unchecked, no. constantly posting articles on on health topics. They're like, oh yeah, well you know if it if we just put in a bunch of keywords and it will post health articles on different topics, and they're very well written, you know, and they'll go up, and then we're good. But see something that happens. So so it's through they're using the AI and that's typing it. So they're not actually writing the whole thing out themselves. They're not writing pretty much any of it. No, that's that's what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And so really anything could be there and people are going like, okay. Yeah. And so again, like even there's ones, some of these articles are absolutely ridiculous. Some of the articles are more, uh, based in reality, but they're just not true. For example, how like ivermectin, which is an, um, which is an anti-worming like drug used for animals is like, like restoring people's sense of smell yeah. after they get COVID-19, like <laughs> things like this. So it's, it's a really interesting really thing. Really crazy articles. Place. And the, so the reason this happens and the yep. reason that these like randomly generated articles start producing all this information, this is something that was observed with chat GPT is that if you give it a prompt mm. and then it gives you a response and then you give it another prompt related to that response and then it gives you it's like so if i said write an article about you know the risks of yeah. of diabetes yeah and then i was like write you know and i was like okay write the same article in the same style but about the risks of cardiac 
you know, uh, yeah. health. Yeah. And then you keep putting in the same prompts over and over and over again, kind of on top of the work that it's already done. It just seems to go all kinds of different wow. directions yeah. and then start producing bogus information. So here's my thing. I mean, having worked a little bit, you know, in hospitals, yeah. I'm just, my mind's going like, what is the medical association doing about all of this? Yeah, well, like, what are they doing about this? Because... Well, I mean, legally, where does that all stand? <laughs> Absolutely. And so now that this is being highlighted, I went to Now Medical and I wanted to see whether they were doing yeah, something right. about it. And a lot cool. of these articles I weren't able to find. So, ah. they're, so they're doing a master lease. But but after already, all of these articles got out there and people screenshotted them and, and we've got them here. It's hilarious. But... It essentially, this is something that is happening, has happened a few times in this space of AI presenting bogus information mm. as a result of the prompts that it's being given and the kind of reprompting and reprompting. And, and there was a very kind of landmark case that happened in New York as well uh, that I talked about a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago. There was a lawyer who was presenting, you know, uh, he, he would be, he would receive cases and then kind of make verdicts based on certain information and then give that advice back to his clients and whatnot and, and make suggestions to the court. And it was actually, he was actually functioning as a district attorney, I believe as well. And it turned out that all of the information, the references and the laws that he was using were bogus. And the reason they were Whoa. is because he was using AI. Whoa. And so this is such an interesting space is, you know, we've, we've been scared of fake news in the past because it's like, oh, people producing news that just isn't true for the purpose of click. But now it's it's just going unchecked because yeah, it's AI. Interesting. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Yeah, coming up after our quiz question, we're going to be interviewing Chris Waghorn from Bible League Australia. So stay stay listening. So now at the moment, Lawson, we have our third quiz question for today, please. Yeah, here we go. Fill in the blanks. But if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you seek him with all your blank and with all your Blank. That's from Deuteronomy 4.29. That's such a great now, verse. I love that verse. Absolutely. All we are looking for, all we are seeking for, <laughs> is for you to fill in these blanks, The two guys. words. Again, so it, it was, but if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you seek him with all your blank and with all your blank. Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 29. If you give us both of what those blanks are, you will go into the draw to win Preaching from the Grave, a story of faith from the Rwandan genocide by Fidaitis Nadayim Gabe, our amazing prize for this week, which we are drawing tomorrow. So guys, get in with some correct answers. 0491-064-669. Absolutely. And we're getting lots of answers coming in today, so keep them coming in. But right now we have our interview with Chris Waghorn from Bible League Australia, New Zealand. Hello, Chris. Are you there? Yes, I am. Hello. Good morning to you, Danita and Lawson. Yeah, great to have you on our show today, Chris. Um, yeah, welcome to our show, and we're excited that you're on. Let us know a little bit about yourself, Chris, and how long you've been with Bible League Australia, and what does Bible League Australia do? Sure. So my background, you probably hear by my accent, uh, is uh, from, from the UK. Oh, and, yes. Uh, I lived there I'm, for two years. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Wonderful. Yeah. Which part? Which part? I lived in Cornwall and then I lived oh, in wonderful. Liverpool. Yes. So where are you oh, from originally? Right. Which part? So originally from a small market town called Petersfield near Winchester on the south coast. Oh, and I lived there for the first 
18 years of my life. So if you've seen Escape to the Country, you'll know all about it. Oh, that's I where, love that's where I that show. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, then I moved up to uh, London. I, I studied theology at King's College London. Oh, and then, and then uh, which was which was awesome. And then I built a, a health and well-being business in mm. the UK. And uh, I met uh, Fiona, the love of my life, who was a, um, a, an Aussie passing through another Aussie passing through London. And um, mm. we got married in uh, 2017. We came over in 2019. She wanted to come back home, so we just arrived in time for um, for. Uh, the the lockdown and uh, probably the most draconian lockdown on the planet, of course, because yeah. I'm, I'm based based a, down here in Victoria. That was it's a, not the best a special timing. a special welcome to you, was it? Yes, that's right. Yes, well, actually greeted actually greeted by bushfires, and then we went into the wow. went, went into the lockdown. Oh. But um, you know, things things have normalised um, here a little bit, and I've been with Bible League since uh, the beginning of 22. Mm. Wow, amazing, fabulous. Now, Bible League Australia, from what I've seen on the, on their website and their, mm-hmm. essentially, their, uh, their mandate, their goal is that very thing to get Bibles into people's hands and to spread the word of God throughout, particularly here in Australia where they're operating. Talk about your experience working with them, maybe the history of and why it is that you guys are endeavoring to do this. Sure, absolutely. That's a great question, um, Lawson. So um, Bible League have been around since uh, the late 1930s. They started in Illinois in the States. Mm. And we've been in Australia since uh, about uh, the 1970s. Mm. And our purpose is serving the under-resourced church globally through the provision Mm. of Bibles, biblical resources and training mm. to transform lives worldwide through God's word and help people to meet Jesus. So it's as simple, simple as that. And um, I am the development officer in Victoria. So my role is twofold. I look after all of our um, supporters and also I look after our uh, supporter churches as well. Um, I go in, um, I work on Sundays, I go in and I deliver Bible lead talks. I keep people um, you know, updated with what's happening in the field, which can be an extremely uh, dangerous, um, you know, uh, job and life situation uh, with uh, our, uh, you know, w- w- with uh, the churches that um, support us. And also mm-hmm. I, I look to um, garner fresh um, support and interest as well in churches. So uh, it's, it's a really interesting and uh, diverse, diverse role. Mm, absolutely. So you've said you've been in this role since 2022, interacting with churches and enabling them to essentially be a part of this mission to get Bibles and to get resources out to underprivileged churches and, and people groups and whatnot. What has that That's looked right. like in Australia in a practical sense? What, what, are, what are those communities which you have seen, hey, this is their need? Sure. So um, that's uh, another great question, Lawson. So um, most uh, 15% of uh, the funds that we raise in Australia go back into Australian missions. Mm. So, um, for example, we um, produce something called the Plain English Version Bible, the PEV, mm-hmm. uh, which um, which goes out into um, indigenous communities. We currently have 300 missionaries, mainly in WA Northern Territories, who use our resources. And of course, mm-hmm. we've been working with um, retired Wycliffe translators on mm-hmm. this simplified English, but um, uh, Plain English Version for a number of years. Uh, there's no cost for, the res- for, the, for this resource. So if you know anyone who's involved in indigenous ministry, you can point them to 
um, you know, Bible League's Indigenous page. Um, and, you know, um, so far the, um, the plain English version has been, um, uh, in the press, it's been, um, cited as, as the best targeted, um, First Nations resource. Mm. Um, it, because it's been, you know, it's been, um, uh, designed primarily for Aboriginal people whose own mother tongue's not English and uses English in a way that mirrors the speech patterns of, uh, you know, traditional, um, I guess you could say top end languages. Mm. So, uh, so for example, there are no passive voice constructions. Um, there's a, a limited use of abstract nouns and sentence, uh, sentence construction. For example, there's shorter sentences with fewer embedded clauses. So basically, um, using the PEV creates something of a level playing field for everyone, mm. uh, while not exactly, uh, you know, while not being anyone, any one group's heart language, you could say. Um, so that's on the indigenous side. And on the other side of things, uh, probably our most famous resource is the prison Bible. Um, wow. and, um, we've got the prison Bible and everyone uses the, um, uh, you know, the prison Bible. It's a wonderful resource. Um, it's got 52 life lessons in uh, the beginning, you know, before um, Genesis. So you have the questions in the beginning, answers in the end, and the questions cover things such as, you know, uh, you may have found yourself um, as an inmate for the first time. You know, how do you build a relationship with the guards? How do you maintain your relationship with the other inmates? How do you maintain your relationship with the Lord on, on, you know, leaving your custodial sentence. So it mm. covers all of those, all of those bases. And, um, you know, this year we supplied, I think it's about the top of my head, <laughs> about 8,000 prison Bibles in Australia, wow, New Zealand. So, that's fabulous. So, so that's where the 15% goes in Australia. The rest of the funds that we raise at Bible League go out into the, you know, the 1040 window. So that's mm. the, um, the Islamic world where we produce, um, a Bible to emulate the Quran. So it's the same size in, in black leather. Mm. Uh, it's made out of rice paper. Um, so, uh, not rice paper, sorry, the same paper as the Quran. So um, I don't know if you knew, but one Muslim will ever will not ask another Muslim, you know, can I have a look at your Quran? Because it's not a, a culturally acceptable thing to do. So you can quite literally walk down the main drag in Mecca with your Bible League Bible and no one else, no one will ask to see it. So oh, um, wow. quite, quite, quite clever, I thought, um, I think. Mm. And, um, and also in the impoverished world, we work extensively. Um, in Africa, and uh, I can't name the countries, obviously, because our work is very, very sensitive, but we're mm. in some very treacherous and dangerous parts of the world, in uh, in Asia, some Asian countries, which are very difficult um, to get into because of the autocratic regimes, etc. Mm. Uh, we've got a big um, campaign at the moment um, in Ukraine. I mean, if, if you've been watching the news lately... Um, yeah. I'm sure you've been finding a, a way to help. So we're doing about forty or fifty thousand Bibles a month into um, into Ukraine at the moment. Mm. Forty to fifty thousand—that's fabulous! That's right. Wow, that's right. And, you that's know, right. and um, Chris, where my mind goes? So, firstly, like mm-hmm. I, when you say Indigenous ministry, so I'm an Indigenous minister. I'm married to an Aboriginal minister as well. Right, and awesome. I'm Yeah, yeah. So I love what you're saying in that space about mm-hmm. um, about the Bibles, and I know we we use a lot of the CEV. CEV version, um, but okay. certainly going to be looking up this one, which is fantastic, and, and love what sure. you say about the prison too. But um, and and going to some of these unsafe areas overseas, my question is, mm. how do mm. you actually um, disperse these Bibles? How do you, what kind of means of communication do you use to get it out? Um, not only here in Australia, but particularly mm-hmm. in the places overseas that is just um, has to be so much undercover. How how does that all happen? Yeah. 
Yeah, well, um, like as if I was saying, to disclose it, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Well, um, basically, the model um, how um, Bible League works is um, is quite a lot different to um, other. <coughs> excuse me, I've got a frog in my throat. Um, <laughs> a, a lot of a lot of other organisations. So, um, for example, we have our partners on the ground. And if we were going into a new country, what we do is we partner with groups of churches and organizations. We then parachute in a master trainer who would set up something that we call Project Philip. And Project Philip is our discipleship arm, our discipleship Mm -hmm. program. And we never actually as an organization ever just give out a Bible unless that Bible is being philipped, um, is being discipled. So do you remember the story Mm -hmm. of... um, um, you know, of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, where yeah. Philip Philip is prompted by the Spirit to go up to the um, to the chariot, um, where he sees the eunuch reading Isaiah the prophet, and he asks him, "Do you understand what you're reading?" Mm. And the and um, and uh, the Ethiopian eunuch says, "How can I unless somebody mm, explains mm, it right. to mm-hmm. me?" So so we want at um, at Bible League, we want that Bible to become a person uh, become a part of that person's life now to become woven into the fabric of um, how they think feel how they operate so bible league is really all about changing culture Mm. and then what we do what we do quite uniquely is we empower the local the local people so we um empower um the locals how to deliver um project project philip Mm. Um, so at the end of the day, it's it's the locals who are um, who are empowered, and and you know that's that's a model um, that works um, because if we if we look at um, the numbers, for um, example, um, we've um, plant last year we helped to reach 2.7 million people uh, with uh, God's Word. And uh, we planted over 34 million Bibles and biblical resources, and we trained 124,000 um, people um, or Phillips to reach others with the gospel. So um, we, we've got quite a quite a healthy and uh, and quite a large footprint in in the Christian mission space. Um, you know, um, it, it, you know, kind of almost in spite of the size of our organization, because as I, as I say, there's only one of me in Victoria development officer, there's only one um, development officer in Queensland, one in uh, New South Wales. So, you know, we, we, we spread ourselves thin, thinly, but we're very active. But you've got a very strong discipleship program is what I'm hearing from you, which is fabulous. That's right. Yes, Project Philip is a 26-lesson booklet centered around uh, the Book of John, so young Christians can, you know, really grow in their faith and um, and, and and take it on board. Mm, absolutely. You know, it it makes me think. My mind, uh, as you're speaking, going to the Book of Romans is you know you pick it up in verse 13. It says, "For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved." And it's like, oh, incredible. But then it continues in verse 14. It says, "And how should they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how should they believe in whom they have not believed who they've not heard? And how should they hear without a preacher?" And there's just such a need for that discipleship that there are people. You know, it's not just that. Hey, if we just you know, drop a bunch of Bibles in this area and then yeah. hopefully people will pick it up, which I mean, miracles can happen. But at the same time, you've identified and said, hey, it's, and, and it continues on actually in that passage in verse 15. It says, how beautiful are the feet of those who yes. preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Yeah. It's it's incredible to see that you guys, you've said, oh, we've got access to Bibles. We can get them around the world. But furthermore, 
we can also lead people to having a relationship with Christ and being enabled to reach others as well. That's amazing. Exactly, exactly, and that, that's that's exactly that's exactly what we do, Lawson. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's wonderful, and we see so much uh, so much change in the in the world, and it's uh, just a, a fabulous um, organization to be um, a part of. And I remember doing my training when uh, I started in the January last year. It's actually the first Christian mission that I'd, I'd ever worked for. Mm. And every mo- uh, in the mornings, um, the, the hub and the, the Bible League hub are based in uh, Penrith, just outside Sydney. Mm. They do a devotion, and uh, they pull up um, a list of um, uh, of people from our network, from our um, our supporters, and they pray for each and every single person. Mm. And uh, I was I was just blown I was just blown away by this. I thought, you know, you know, these guys, wow, these guys are really walking the walk. Mm. You know, um, it's uh, just uh, an, an amazing organisation to be part of. Absolutely. Hey, Chris, thank you so much for joining us on The Breakfast Show and sharing this awesome information Mm. about Bible League Australia. Of course, you can get them at their website as well, which is uh, bl.org.au. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.